this is Lindsay for the Road to Employment interview series and podcast, where we are speaking with students and recent graduates on their school to work transition and how their expectations of life after graduation compare with the reality of what they are facing upon entering the workforce. This episode features Matt, a peer manager at MTL Blog, who is a recent communications graduate from Concordia University. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself in terms of your academic and work experience thus far? Academically, I was, I'm very academically inclined. When I was in university, even in CJEP, I mean, I loved going at school. Like, I had my hand up all the time, and I was answering questions all the time. It's uh, something I love to do. But afterwards, I, I felt, unfortunately, that uh, I hadn't totally been prepared for the realities of the workforce. I had been working for seven years in a part-time job, and this is stuff that we all take for granted. We all kind of go and we work at a Starbucks or a McDonald's or Urban Outfitters and we do these stints for months or for years if we're lucky. And if you've held down a job for maybe one or two years, you're pretty good. I managed to keep the same job for seven years and at the end of it, I felt like I had experience and everything, but I didn't feel adequately prepared for the realities of what I was studying in university. As a student, I again, I said, like, I love to learn, and uh, I felt like I took a lot away from university, but as to the question of, you know, why do we go to school? We go to school so that we're ready to go out into the real world. Well, do I really feel like that was fulfilled? I'd have to say, unfortunately, I don't think it was fully delivered, though I loved the academic experience. So I'm an academic, I'm an intellectual, um, and who found his way into the online publishing sphere. Do you think that it's maybe because of the courses that you didn't feel that your academic training really prepared you for, or was it that you didn't take advantage of other things going on? I finished university with about a 3.9 GPA. Um, for me, I was so focused on grades and so focused on the approval by the teachers and, you know, for in terms of how, how critical your theory could be on this, on this particular subject or how well you tied together two theorists, when in the end, it actually doesn't really matter. It doesn't really apply. And I don't feel like it was just necessarily the courses that I took because some of them are mandatory, like communication theory and stuff like this. It's not that I feel that this was bad. It attributed to my kind of character. It contributed to how I think today, critically, and how I'm able to tie things together. So in a way, indirectly, I would think it helped. But in terms of offering direct help or direct things like that I can use in real life, that's what I'm hesitant to say. I'm hesitant to say no, but I'm also hesitant to say yes. So I think it's more that a lot of the programs nowadays are still very much theory-based versus practice versus offering internship opportunities, chances to go out and network with individuals in your field and really get that mentoring experience where you can actually build those connections, gain that experience to put on your CV because, yes, I think having a university degree will always count for something and will always give you that edge in the market, but from my experience looking for jobs after graduation, it was you know, university degree with two to five years of experience, but without that related experience, you're really at a... That's it. The, the, the minor requirement for many of these jobs is says two to five years experience or usually three years experience. So if there's a company that's looking for about three years experience, they might be able to... There might be some wiggle room if you have maybe one year of relevant experience and you can kind of wiggle your way in. That might be the best. I, I don't think it was that I didn't take advantage of the opportunities. There were some opportunities and I definitely did ignore a lot of them. But most of it for me was in the pursuit to keep good grades up and everything. 
I decided in my final year to get more involved. Maybe it was a personal choice, but I wanted to adapt to the climate of university and everything. And like I said, I did really well with my grades. It was just that at the end you realize really how fast time goes for university because when you're stuck in schooling systems for six years, then five years, then CJEP for two but then universities where it really gets serious, and I don't know necessarily, I would say maybe I didn't take full advantage, but it's not because I didn't take advantage of opportunities. I just feel like we weren't prepared for the reality, and part of this reality that I'm talking about is that as soon as you come out of the communications field, the majority of your tasks are just going to be social media based. Can you monitor our Facebook? Can you take care of our Twitter? How does Instagram work? We don't know that. You guys are young enough. You do it. That's often the problem and this is like it's not a problem it's that's the reality and the problem is that we don't know about that reality we don't know that all this theory stuff we know about Michel Foucault and possibly Friedrich Nietzsche and Judith Butler about these amazing theories but when you come out of school you're going to be handling someone's Twitter account that's the problem that there's a giant discord there's a disconnect between what you're learning and what you're actually going to be put to, and how other people see you coming out of the communications discipline. You come out of that, and they see you as just somebody who's very fluent in social media, because you're also possibly, right now, you'll be a millennial. You know, they say you're the digital generation, so deal with our digital problems. And then that's kind of what you're thrown into. I don't think we have courses to prepare us for that kind of stuff. Would I recommend us making courses for that? Not totally sure. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think that's a critical point there, that... Perhaps it is something that universities and stage programs should take on in terms of really adapting to what the climate is right now, and that obviously, especially for communications and for anything that's journalistic in nature, it's very social media-based, so it's worthwhile to have these courses. But I think it's also, at least for this field, that it's reassuring that you can take a lot of it on probably on your own time, that you can get involved, that you can start you know, blogging. Well, I mean, here's an idea. You could always offer courses like how to take care of a client's social media. Right? As soon as you open the course up, it will be booked. How to take care of a client's social media. You deal with sponsored posts. You deal with how you put up Instagrams, when you use um, Facebook boosts, and how you plan out editorial schedules for content. I mean, there's, there's, there's a plethora of things that go into making co- BuzzFeed has blown up. They're worth millions, I think a billion uh, of dollars now recently. And it, it's something that we should be prepared to understand. You know, we get into the real world and we don't know that there's all this planning behind social media because we've just been using personal accounts. It's not, well, possibly, with the exception of people who are student entrepreneurs and things like this. So, yeah, no, I mean, I've, that, that, that would be, I think, a great idea for a course. You know, how to handle a client's social media presence. Yeah, no, I like that. And maybe you should go market that too. <laughs> the universities here. So to change pace a little bit, what do you think drew you towards communications in the first place? Because I know that you did follow it both in SAGEP and in university. So what type of student would be a good fit? What makes the best communications student is it's somebody who can think critically, for sure. Um, somebody who likes alternative theories and stuff and alternative viewpoints. And I would, I would suggest it be somebody who loves to write and be very theory-based. You can also be very creative, which is perfectly fine, but you have to understand also that there's going to be theory and history courses, which is like the history of the telephone and the evolution of the internet. You have to be prepared to understand this kind of stuff. But in the end, like if you're just, if you want to play around with cameras and lighting and stuff, like by all means, like you can go to school for that, but at the same time, you can also learn that on YouTube or self teach it to yourself at home or learn from a friend. Theories and history and that kind of book smart stuff, if you really want to get that out of university, I would suggest 
you know, that would be the kind of student that would go to communications. And I think you had also mentioned in a previous conversation that uh, you were drawn towards communications versus a marketing field because of the lack of, of math in a communications field, which is very interesting because a lot of students may be attracted towards marketing but may be fearful of going to something that's so math-based. So it's nice to see that there's an alternative field where you can really get that type of training. Yeah. No, I think that, that, that's funny. My, my common excuse to say, why did you go into communications? It's like, I wanted to get into marketing, but I didn't want to do the math. And it's true. I mean, it helps every position that you look out there on Indeed.ca, Monster, Emploi Québec, all these jobs that are asking for marketing qualifications, they typically say a bachelor in commerce, marketing, or related field. Or sometimes they'll just say communications, marketing, commerce, etc., related field. Often they consider communications a related field, so it's perfectly fine, and you can get in with that. So, you know, and it's not that I had a problem necessarily with math. I just didn't want to do all the linear algebra and all the extra math that, uh, that, that everybody else is doing. I saw my brother slaving over this stuff, and he had such a hard time to understand it, but he's great. He has a creative mind, and it doesn't mean that he should be, you know, prohibited from, from doing marketing as well. So he kind of followed the same path, though he's not doing um, communications. He's, he's going into marketing fully. So... He did the math, I didn't. We're both going towards the same kind of end goal, and I, I don't see it as too much of a problem. I mean, again, I'm working in public relations, but at the same time, I'm, I'm taking on a heavy marketing responsibilities. Often, they are in conflict because something might be great, a great marketing opportunity, but it might be bad for the image, so you do have to weigh things. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it puts me in direct contact with marketing, the marketing field, marketing position, and then, yeah, it's my way in. No, definitely. I know you just mentioned there some of the uh, ominous uh, job posting boards. So you mentioned Indeed. So can you tell me a little bit about your experience in terms of uh, when you started thinking about your career options? Like, okay, I'm graduating soon. This is, you know, real life. It's, it's upon me. And uh, your experience in terms of looking for jobs, applying for jobs, if you had any interview experience before beginning here. I started looking for interviews in January of 2015, the semester I was about to graduate. It took me two or three months, and I submitted 60 to 70 CVs in that time with about two or three replies. And this is taking into account that I was a director at the John Molson Marketing Association and that I had worked seven years at one job. Now, you're often told, you know, longevity, the length of time that you stay at a job is a great indicator to employers that you're a trustworthy person, you'll stay around and, and you're reliable and things like this. But unfortunately, that didn't seem really to be the case. I tried to market myself off of the fact that I had stayed at a company for seven years and that I'd become the manager of that place and that I was also a director in the marketing agency at the same time, the marketing association at the same time. And it, it didn't necessarily have any way on them. The problem is companies are looking for people who can do the job. So for them to accept somebody that has just relevant experience, not direct experience, is a giant compromise for them. So I don't necessarily blame them because if I was running my own company, I would also take people that are qualified for the job I'm looking to fill. But at the same time, you see, I wish more of these jobs would have been open for, for students to get experience in. And they, they offer unpaid internships, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if it's necessarily enough for everybody. You know, Even if everybody did want to take full advantage of them, I don't know if there's enough spots to do it. My brother was in the co-op program, and this year... Oh my God, he went through, I saw him go to at least 10 interviews and come back and, and nothing, you know, and now he just got a job offer for the internship uh, in Toronto, but he didn't, he, you know, there's no help, there's no nothing, you have to do it on your own, and the thing is, if you can't deliver with just relevant experience, not direct experience, you're kind of left, kind of left floating, and you have to fill this, 
educational uh, requirement in the co-op program, which is that you have to go out and spend a semester working. And, you know, every year, I believe, you have to spend one semester working, one at school, one, one working, one at school. And it's, it's tough. It's tough to get in. It's tough to even get your foot in the door to get an interview. I mean, I, I don't know how, how we're going to get better prepared necessarily for that. I think we should understand better the requirements of jobs today for us. But uh, other than that, I mean, I don't know about the offering of the opportunities. If we need more offerings or if we just need better offerings. Yeah, I think it's interesting what you're saying about co-op programs. And I think we are seeing a little bit more of that, but not all programs basically offer an internship or co-op opportunity. And even at that, if they do offer it, sometimes the onus is really put on the student to go and find the, the site and find the supervisor who's going to be able to oversee this. And sometimes, yes, they, you know, they do get an internship at a site that's related to their field, but they're working, you know, more very entry, entry level. They're doing, you know, email correspondences back and forth. They're not really getting that hands-on training. It's really going to benefit them. So they're not getting paid. They're not getting the relevant experience that they need. And it's unfortunate to see that because then we graduate and we think that we have this nice piece of paper yeah. that it's going to count for something, and it's really not. It's a, re it's a reality check when you see, okay, I have this, and I do have experience. I have worked hard. I have achieved good grades, and it's not enough, and you're going for interview after interview applying. And What university really seems to be, unfortunately, from what I'm seeing, is that it gives you the permission to knock on someone's door. It doesn't guarantee that anyone's going to open it, and it doesn't guarantee that when they open it, they're actually necessarily going to care that you knocked. And I'm not even going to say it's your foot in the door. It's really, it's, it's, you, you can't even get your foot in the door unless they start to open it. It's literally just giving you permission to knock on someone's door. And unfortunately, that's the way I see it. And whether they open it or not is uh, obviously depending on, you know, the day on the person you're talking to. And did you build any connections during your degree or did you have anyone that you could go to to say, can you get me an interview at your company? Or did you think about that before? Looking in hindsight, do you think there's anything more you could have done in terms of building those connections? And I know that for myself personally, that's something that I wish I had done. I wish I could have networked more, yes. And I put that on myself. But at the same time, from a lot of my friends that I have seen doing the networking and hustling and doing as much of that, they've, they've got, you know, decent jobs or something, but they're also just in startups. You're, they're not in, like, big corporations. I don't know anybody who's working for, for Procter & Gamble or for Pepsi or for anything like this. I mean, people who come out of marketing or communications, so many people get these degrees that in the end, people see you, you're kind of like a, a dime a dozen. It's pretty nice, and every once in a while, you're going to have these people coming up that are super, super talented that they're going to take out because they've done tons of extracurricular work. The thing I think that, that helps the most is if you've done some solid, professional-looking extracurricular work, like if you've helped produce a movie or do something, like people are very visual, so if you can produce, like, if you've produced posters and all kinds of giant, great stuff that looks visually amazing, Again, not just to say that you have to be a graphic designer to get a job. If you're, if you're a marketing student and you can, you're very fluent in Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator, like make some beautiful things. People love to see this like, as part of a portfolio because then you're not just giving them a piece of paper. You're giving them a piece of paper and a bit of a portfolio. But yeah, no, I mean, I wish I would have made a bit more, few more connections, but in the end, I, I don't know how much they would pay off because you, we all come out of university with more or less the same experiences. And I look at the point there that the fact is that people really do have to have a little bit of, you know, graphic design experience, almost regardless of what field you're in, because just the way that, you know, LinkedIn works and obviously how much attention that has right now, that you send a CV and everyone's going to have this, you know, white piece of paper with black writing and it looks the same, they get a hundred of them a day and... But if they go on your LinkedIn and you have these portfolios that you can show there, if you're linked to different companies, if you have interests there, and obviously if you're on your CV, you can say, you know, look on my website here, look at my blog here, look at this video or this short film that I produced. It carries a lot of weight with it, and you do have to have a creative sense for a lot of the 
jobs that are offering now, and even if it's something that is specifically in your field, I think it is something that we should be focusing on in terms of marketing yourself, branding yourself, and it's really yeah, critical. I mean, that's the most important thing. Market yourself, brand yourself. What companies are looking for a lot today are influencers. So if you yourself have like 5,000 friends on Facebook, that's amazing. And a company might even just hire you for that, depending on what, what sphere they're in, because you have a lot of sway or influence on, on the people you know, that follow you. Like you're like a mini celebrity, and they love that. Even, you don't even have to have experience. You just have to be influential, and they'll take you on board because with, their, with that influence, tying that influencer to their brand is one of the most valuable things they can do as guerrilla marketing. Either you go out, you hustle, and you really get some great work experience under your belt at reputable places and firms uh, other than just like startups, which is unfortunately where a lot of us have to just start. You, you have to get a job where you get a job. Or you try and market yourself to the best of the modern 21st century you know, capabilities, which often includes just becoming popular on social media. So it depends on your sphere. So on the subject of social media, obviously MTL Blog is a huge presence uh, online. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience in terms of finding this job, interviewing for this job, and maybe some insight for people who may be interested in future positions? Sure. So, I mean, if we want to talk first about the interview or first impressions and stuff... I went to my interview at a coffee shop dressed in a full burgundy suit um, with a burgundy blazer, a white dress shirt, I think, a black tie, and burgundy jeans, which looked good enough as a business casual. Were you inspired by Ryan Burgundy a little bit? I love Anchorman. Um, I love Anchorman, but that wasn't necessarily the case. But uh, you want to go and stand out and make a, first, a great first impression. And the thing is, if you study the company before you go into the interview, you'll know what you should look like when, before you go to an interview. If you show up to an MTL blog interview in a full three-piece suit, you're going to stand out just like a, a, sore, a sore thumb. Not in a bad way, but you just stand out in a way that you kind of feel oh, too overdressed for the party. Like you got the wrong invitation, you know? Just make sure that you're, you're comfortable in your own skin and you dress you know to fit the part and and you'll be fine so i went in made a first impression it was great uh we discussed all kinds of plans i came prepared you come with an action plan for the company you say we should do this we should do that you guys have a great presence here why don't we transfer that to this or why why isn't this translating um in terms of engagement and stuff we can do this offer solutions they love to hear solutions whether or not it's something that'll apply directly to them you don't know about all the stats that they know. But when you can come out and show that you've made an effort to try and help or change something or offer a solution, that's the best thing. That's the most redeeming quality that they'll, that they'll discover in an, in an interview. That's the golden nugget. And they'll be like, this person actually wants to work for the company. Like, look, at they actually researched it. That's what they pull out of an interview. So if you want tips for a good interview, do your research, dress the part, and come prepared for the solutions. But also solutions that you can deliver. You can't just say, uh, hey, your company needs a better presence online. Why don't you guys get a Twitter? Oh, yeah, we never heard of a Twitter. The person's like 50 or something years old, and they've never heard of Twitter or something. Why don't you make it? And then you've never been on Twitter. You don't have a Twitter account. Well, you know, you can't just start proposing things you also don't know about. So do research, be prepared, and that's, that's the best things I can do for an interview. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's uh, great. I think also sometimes if you don't have insight to know what the issue is at the companies, also to kind of look at your own past experience and say, you know, there was a problem where we were dealing with this at the John Wilson Marketing Association, and this is how we really kind of looked at rebranding our association. So pick a problem from your past experience, or ideally, yes, if you can think of something that's, you know, forward-thinking for the company mm -hmm. and give them that insight, then they're really going to think, okay, this person did their research, knows our culture, knows the market that we're in, and is really 
moving forward for this. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about a typical day in your life here at MTL Blog? A typical day in the life at MTL Blog. Um, is there such a thing as a typical day? Uh, no, there's no such thing as a typical day. Every single day is hustle, bump, and grind. There's definitely not a typical day at MTL Blog. But if I had to give you what I do more or less in a nutshell, come in. Um, check the emails, make sure that no one's yelling at me and or the company, and then address those. Then get to the tasks that require the most thinking. So if there's anything that needs to be written, press releases, articles, um, not articles for the site, but articles for the LinkedIn. Uh, do the things that require the most thinking before the world gets to you, you know, before all the stress and the, everything starts to pile on, unless you had a bad email in the morning, which in that case would change what you do after. But like I said, there's no such thing as a typical day. Um, after that, typically it'll bring you to about lunch. Then you do some social monitoring. You check up on all the accounts, make sure everything's cool, update everything. Um, you know, at, at mention, anybody who's talked to you who's uh, big figures and stuff like this. Uh, make connections, and uh, by the end of the day, you're checking through the inbox to make sure that uh, all the great, um, you know, uh, photo ops, business ops, anything where we can, like, get a photographer for, for some cool events and, like, stuff. Make sure that those are covered and assigned to the right departments. Um, and make sure that any fires are put out um, in terms of, like, angry comments and, and, and stuff like that. Like this, like, you know, the best thing is to is to address them directly and talk with the people. You'll be surprised how far, like, how how far a conversation can can go uh, if you just engage someone on a, on a certain topic. But yeah, no, I think that would be pretty much a typical day. Uh, a lot of phone calls in between, <laughs> all those blocks, uh, small lunch, and then uh, yeah, back to work. So definitely a lot of housekeeping and you know typical requirements of almost any job in terms of the emails, getting back to people, customer service seems to be a major part of any single job that you, you can really never escape those. You make the best out of the situation. I, my motto is to always try and turn a destructive situation into a constructive situation and, and a constructive opportunity and that's what's gotten me through uh, to where I am today. So one final piece of insight for our listeners. Is there a piece of career advice that you've received or that you would like to impart to maybe younger uh, either students or recent graduates? Make connections, you know, and everybody says make connections. But seriously, it's about who you know. It's like it's really about who you know because if you're cold calling with your CV, black and white on a piece of paper, whereas if someone could give a phone call and be like, hey, like my friend... He, he just graduated from marketing and the guy's got like a great GPA and stuff like why don't you guys try him out for an internship. A lot of people are just brought in through connection. It's just because we trust more a friend's advice. And this is just a general, this is marketing psychology. You trust a friend, friendly advice. The second thing that I would advise, and I know this goes against a lot of what like teachers would say and everything, but like seriously, like don't get super caught up on grades. Don't stress. And I think that's something I should learn, like I wish I would have learned earlier. And people say, don't stress, don't stress. It's just a paper. It's just an essay. And stuff. And I never saw it as that. And I think it's time to put things into perspective. As soon as you guys are getting out of school, you're going to be doing social media. It's almost a guarantee. So all those theories and stuff that you might have flunked and stuff on the papers, like, don't stress too much about it. And I think that we need to just, I think we need to take it easy a bit more and put our efforts in the right places. Um, whether that means you have to develop a Facebook page to to 5,000 friends and like 20,000 likes because like of a fan page or something. I don't know. I can't say that for certain. If that's what I'm suggesting, it's like develop your social presence instead of developing your academics. That's not what I'm saying at all. 
I'm just saying place your efforts where you think they're going to be most beneficial to you in the path that you're going, that you're headed on, and, and, and run with that. I think that's really critical, and someone once told me to always think, you know, always be forward thinking, so think what's your end goal, and let's say you're thinking of going into to med school, or you do want to be a doctor, then of course grades are critical, because you're going to have to have that, you're going to have that almost impossible <laughs> 4.0 GPA. You wouldn't want a doctor yeah. who doesn't know how to find the brain. Exactly. Brain yeah. That's the thing, it's like some, some programs, obviously, I have friends that are in education, or let's say social work, where they're more professional or training programs, so you graduate and you don't necessarily need to go on to get a master's. Obviously think, you know, what's going to be more beneficial if I can, you know, get a, a good, decent GPA, not stress myself out about it, and get some experience, some work experience, internship, stash experience, maybe that balance is going to be more important than getting a 4.0 GPA, but not having a social life and not getting any actual valuable hands-on experience. That's all the time we have. Thank you for listening. I'm looking to interview students and graduates who can share their school and work experiences. If you have a story to share, please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Special thanks to Matt and MTL Blog for welcoming us. Stay tuned for more employment advice at roadtoemployment.ca. Thanks for having me, guys. It was really great, and I honestly love what you guys are doing with this project, so keep it up. Thank you so much.